Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com Every once in a while, you meet someone and you wish you could take all their knowledge and just put it into your brain. Donna Altine, CEO of Time Space Media, is one of those people. With almost 35 years of building, owning, and evolving her business, today she is sharing the many lessons that she has from along the way that are plentiful and just so full of wisdom. Enjoy! This is The Real Bottom Line, where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, my guest is Donna Altine, CEO of Time Space Media. Donna, I'm so excited you're here today. Thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here and see you again. Yeah. Um, and you know this is a podcast for business owners with business owners, and you've been a business owner for a, a fair amount of time. Um, were you always a business owner? Did you ever, you know, work for someone else down the path, or how did you get into self-employment? Uh, I did. So um, I did work for other people. Uh, I actually grew up in a, a, a as the daughter of an entrepreneur, and so entrepreneurship is in my blood for sure. Uh, I did work in coming out of school in ad agencies, but you know, it's interesting. I came out in the recession in the eighties yeah. um, and jobs were very, very difficult. And uh, I had a lot of chutzpah back then and just decided that I was going to hang the shingle. And I met this woman who um, in a bar, if you can believe it, uh, who actually uh, ran a, a bunch of restaurants in the city and we just got to talking and she took a chance on me and hired me. So I registered a company and she hired me to do the promotions for her restaurant. So I was right out of school, didn't have a job. There's a recession. And uh, that was, I think, my first taste of entrepreneurship. After that, I went to work in ad agencies and then I came back to entrepreneurship with time and space. That's awesome. I, I love that. What do you think made the person take a chance on you? Did you have a full belief in yourself at that point? Uh, yeah, I was uh, hungry and needed a job. And uh, so I, you know, uh, I run on the adage that failure is not an option. And sometimes that works really well. And sometimes it makes me stay too long in, in things. But, uh, and so I've had to refine that over, over time and refine my definition of failure. But uh, I don't know what made her take a chance on me, but I have tried to practice reciprocity and to uh, pass that forward whenever I can in uh, in in my uh, time as a head of time and space. So does that mean like you might take a chance on a younger person who may not have the resume yet that and you you but you see that spark in them? Absolutely. I'm a big fan of passion and drive and um, you know, someone who's really hungry to learn. Mm. Uh, I think curiosity is probably uh, one of the biggest uh, skills, talents, traits that you can yep. have uh, in life. And so, yeah, I I uh, I look for those things 
I, I think skills can be taught, but attitude is a whole different thing. So yeah. I've been in the position of wanting things for people who more than they've wanted it for themselves. Yeah. And I know the dangers of going down that path uh, now after having made some mistakes. So yeah, I really, I really, uh, I love uh, passion and drive. Oh, that's amazing. So how do you measure curiosity? If I were to sit down in front of you, what, what do I do to make you think, oh my gosh, she's got that curiosity? Um, so I love um, people who learn to earn. So if I'm, I can tell curiosity by the, the kind of questions that someone asks. Yes. Um, their listening skills, uh, whether they go off and do work on their own after having a conversation. These are all markers for me of, um, you know, uh, curiosity. And I'm a very curious person by nature um, and can go down holes just out of curiosity. So you might say something to me and I'll write a note down to myself and off I'll go and look into it. Um, but I think it's curiosity can open up so many doors that would you might not consider opening. So. Oh, fascinating. Uh, I may want to get back to that in a second, but first I want to go, you just mentioned failure and how your definition of failure has changed. I would love to hear about the evolution of that definition for you. Yeah. So before failure uh, to me for quite a long time was, um, you know, uh, you just stuck with it until you saw the results. Um, and that works sometimes, but as you know, we can't control all factors yeah. um, or all the people in our lives. And so as time has evolved, I've realized that I had to redefine, reposition, reframe the word failure in my mind. Yes. And it really came to me uh, when I was sitting on a board um, that was a very difficult board. And um, it was a, it was, uh, it had all of the um, I guess challenges that boards had maybe 10 years ago. It was very paternalistic. Uh, it uh, was the old guard. And so I came into this board really anxious to make a difference and to, to, to create change uh, as well as a couple of other board members. But I realized mm -hmm. after eight years of slamming my head on that board that actually there wasn't a will for change. Right. And so without that will for change, I uh, left the board uh, when I was just about to go into the chair position. I left the board because I um, I knew that there, the organization and the board did not have that will for change. And I knew that that was not where my best efforts lay. And it took a while for me to get there, longer than right. maybe some people. But what I learned in that process was that's not failure. That's understanding what rooms you should be in and uh, that could use your talents and what rooms don't. And I think that goes for personal relationships, for uh, business relationships. Sometimes, you know, just keeping at tenacity can be great. It can be a great driver, but there are times when that energy can be better used to create something new or to go into a different room uh, to make a difference with people of like mind. So what comes up for me right now, Donna, thinking about that, because I, I 100% understand where you're coming from. You know, if you just keep pushing against the same wall and the wall's not moving, could you better use that energy? So 
is there a way that I can say I've tried hard enough, like as an, as an, as a, as an entrepreneur and I'm trying something different from a program, a service or whatever, is there an indicator that I should be pushing a different wall? Like, how do I know when I've given everything and it's just not going to move versus, you know what, if you just go one more week, it'll everything will open up. Yeah, it's a really good question, Wendy. I think um, you know when things are going in the right direction, when it isn't hard, when you don't feel like you're pushing water uphill. Um, mm -hmm. I think that uh, if you're in a room with the wrong, or you're in a situation with the wrong people, or the wrong processes, or the wrong service offering, it's hard. Yeah, it's very hard. And that's a key indicator that something needs to change. And maybe that something is you or me, uh, like I need to open my mind to a different way of seeing the issue. Uh, and sometimes it's um, that you could, I think you can almost overthink something and make it more complex. So I'm, I'm a big believer that if you just chop things down to the essentials, and make it as simple as possible and work from that framework, then uh, you think holistically about a problem and then you you really think, bring it down, distill it down to what are the what are the simplest things uh, that you that that we need to do? And generally, you know if it's the right direction, I, I, I believe there's a universal force uh, that you know if it's the right direction by virtue of how much effort it takes. So if it, if my energy feels ugly and hard and um, and and negative, then I stop. Take myself out for a walk in nature, yeah, and, and and really just stop thinking about it and see if I can make space for more creative ways to come in. It feels like um, you're very in tune with perhaps your intuition because after years, there may be markers that don't flash big sights, but somehow they trigger thoughts, intuition, a feeling like, oh, this may not be right. Um, have you always relied on that? Well, I've lost it at times. I've, uh, I've, in my drive to, you know, just make change or be successful in an area. And, and I've done the thing that I think many leaders do and just drive too hard mm. um, and didn't get the results maybe that I wanted that I've learned to really just get very still and very quiet and listen to that gut feeling. Um, because if it doesn't feel right, then it's hard to get it right. When you're in a stressful situation and there's all kinds of stuff coming at you, how have you, or what, what tactics have you taken to give in yourself that space? Uh, yeah, I think busyness is a curse. I really do. I think yeah. you can be busy doing the wrong things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think we are in many of our businesses busy doing the wrong things or, you know, working hard versus working smart, like it's a badge of some kind. And I think those days are gone. And I think, thankfully, yeah. gone. I really am um, inspired by that. Um, I have personal practices that I try to follow. Um, I try to take a walk in nature. I try to stop and follow my breath uh, and have a meditation practice. I think just getting very still. So when things, when, and I used to actually follow my time and now I follow my energy. So if my energy feels really awful and a coach taught me this, my energy feels really awful, then I need to disrupt it and do something 
that is counterintuitive, like walk out of my office and go for a walk. Right. And I don't think we allow enough time uh, in our lives for just getting quiet and stopping the busyness. And now with you know our, all the technology that we have at our fingertips, it's even worse. You can't really solve problems in that busy state of mind. I agree. I think that's, uh, I love where you've gone with that. Your business has been around a long time. Uh, I keep saying that because uh, it's to be admired. It's to be congratulated. It's to be, you know, lauded in any ways because uh, it's not an easy road to have a business that long and be as successful as you are and all those types of things. And in really, uh, I'd love to hear We've heard some of your lessons already, but if you were to distill it down to one or two, what are your biggest lessons that you would share with people who are in the beginning of that journey? Uh, yeah, entrepreneurship is a is a very rewarding and difficult road at times, and you would know this. You're an entrepreneur, and you know it's it's uh, sometimes you step back and go, "What am I doing? Am I crazy? I should just go work for someone." Right. Uh, although I don't have those thoughts as much anymore, but there were times. Um, some of my biggest lessons, I guess, is how to rely on other people. So I don't have a, a partner. I, I have a, a minor partner right now who's a major player. And uh, but I didn't I kind of went it on my own. And and I know that there are always um, issues with partnerships. But I, I, I really think surrounding yourself with the right people, with the right attitude, uh, and really setting the vision yeah. is one of my biggest lessons. My job is not to be the doer. It's to set the vision and get everyone um, motivated and, and, uh, and, and rowing in that same direction. Because uh, that's when real magic happens, when everyone's together and has a, a shared context and shared vision. Um, and so that was one of my biggest lessons. Yeah. Uh, take the time to develop that vision and to really inspire other people to come along with it. Uh, fail fast is the other lesson, I think. Uh, yeah. You know, not having, uh, and, and I've fallen into this sometimes where I haven't taken the risks that I needed to take um, and because of a fear of failure. And sometimes you just need to open that door and take that calculated risk. And if it doesn't work out, not beat yourself up so much, but just really fail fast and and take the lesson and move on. And and uh, but to keep taking risks, I think is a really important one. I really like that. I've often tried to frame, like if you were to look at it as a failure, they're actually just lessons in disguise. And I think you can learn more from your failure sometimes than your successes because we take no, those for granted. No question. Because well, oftentimes I think we spend more time. I have personally spent more time with my failures and my successes. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I'm more intimate with my failures and, and know that there's something in those, I don't even like to use word failure in those lessons. Yeah. In those lessons, there's something there to teach me. And generally those lessons are about my own resistance. And so, you know, where am I being resistant and how can I open up more? That speaks to some self-development work. Um, have you gone on a path or a journey of self-development and understanding yourself more as, and has it attributed to how much would you attribute your success to that exercise? 
A great question. I actually didn't study commerce first. I, I did get a business degree, but my first uh, um, education and post-secondary education was in social work. Fascinating. Yeah, and and a lot of the the work that I do on boards and in organizations and the way I give my time back really scratches that itch. But social work wasn't for me, and I was not for it. Um, but I think. I think really I've had great coaches and, and along the way, and uh, I've been very fortunate about that. Um, I've uh, I've really sought out learning. Like if you look at my night table, which uh, would make a normal person crazy, it's filled with books, and uh, and so a large part of my quest in life is also to understand myself well. Uh, yeah. And if I can understand myself well, then maybe I can extend that to understanding others well. So, um, yeah, I mean, whether whatever it is um, that I'm learning. And I think the other part is the people around you are mirrors. And so Ooh, mirrors reflecting one. back to you um, certain things and if, certain aspects of yourself. And yeah. so if you really take the time to look at those difficult people in your life and go, oh, what's the lesson I need to learn here? What's being reflected back to me? Um, you can learn a lot. So mentors, coaches, uh, you know, partners, friends, family. I, I just try to be, to understand that whoever I'm meeting, they, I know that they have something that, that I can learn from or, or something to teach me. If I'm open, when did you decide that coaches was, were good for you? Um, and how did you make the leap into hiring a coach? Because yeah. I'll, you know what I mean? I think it's a big thing. I've had a business coach for 10 years. Uh, yeah. So I can't imagine my life without it. But I see a lot of businesses trying to, you know, do it on their own. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of coaching. We have an emerging leaders coaching group, uh, coach in our business uh, for, for young people. Um, so it happened about 10 years ago. And so my business will be 35 uh, in April coming, 35 years old, which is a long time. And I started it really early. Like that was really You were like 10, I think, right? <laughs> Not quite that young. Um, and so now when I see young people, I go, oh my gosh, I was that young. Um, but uh, I was really fed up with my business. I hated it about 10, 15 years ago. I hated it. I yeah. I would have gladly unloaded it. And I think all entrepreneurs might come to this kind of brick wall where they just, what am I doing? I hate this business. And fortuitously, because this is the way it's always been for me, uh, some universal force always pops in my lap what I need. Uh, through a mutual uh, friend, or through a friend, I met uh, a gentleman, Nick, who um, opened my eyes to coaching and I worked. Uh, with him and he worked with our leadership team as well I worked with him first um, and he taught me to love my business again but he taught me a lot about myself as well as quite wise and uh, he was the one that taught me about energy about don't be so focused on the lack of time you have think in terms of your energy when is your energy the highest that's when you do the big things when you it sounds very simple but if something energetically doesn't feel right, then how do you uh, pivot or move? And so um, to this day, I just, I can't 
stress and and people look at, at coaches as a cost and it's a value to your business yes i can't stress how important coaching is um, yeah to business. we all have blind spots yes and as leaders we often have people around us that don't want to tell us about their blind our blind spots and i always try to surround myself by people who will just be radically honest mm. kind, but kind but honest um so you know you want to have people around you that are diverse in perspective and thought and not just agreeing. And that's how you cover your blind spots in a business. And so a coach is also another way of doing that. Your business is making a profit. You're growing, but you may still feel like you don't fully have a grasp on how to make the best use of this success. Don't worry, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Wendy Brookhouse, creator of the Total Wealth Accelerator and host of this podcast. I've developed a quick and easy tool that will give you a detailed snapshot of where you're currently at in your business and wealth growth and how you can improve upon it. It's called your financial diagnostic score. It's completely free and you'll instantly get the results. So head over to TotalWealthScore.com right now and see where you can focus to grow your wealth. I always say, uh, if one of if you work with a yes man, one of you is redundant. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I'd like to 35 years. Let's we you have seen a number of changes, a ton of changes, right? In terms of even the people you hire, they're now gen they're Gen X versus this versus you know millennials. You're you've shifted obviously your product offering and services over time because there's been an evolution there. Uh, economic conditions. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to kind of pick away at each of those and talk about maybe how, how do you know when it's time to evolve your product or service um, over time? Like if you've been doing something, it's successful. Are you, uh, I, I break it even if it's not broke or do I wait till it breaks and then I fix it? Uh, yeah, I, um, I always listen to our clients. And okay. if you listen closely to uh, the people that you're serving, Yes. Uh, they will tell you what they need. And one of the questions I used to ask always is what's keeping you up at night? Mm -hmm. What what's what's the thing, one thing in your business that you think is um, it needs to change or, um, you know, what what are the three risks in your business right now? And I think when you talk to your clients or customers, you really get a sense of what their needs are. And when you know what people need then you can build something to serve that need. And I think for us, that was pretty much is it. I think our industry has gone through massive changes. You think about 35 years ago and advertising 35 years ago. Uh, we moved very quickly from being a media buying shop uh, over that time. I mean, there, wasn't, there weren't smartphones. There wasn't any technology of, of any sort. When we moved uh, very quickly, um, into you know research, um, into strategy, uh, you know uh, helping cl clients of ours understand their co consumers uh, better. Um, then we moved into more data analytics. So you know you 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 follow the needs of your clients, and it's very very easy to understand what you need to do next. That's awesome. Oh, I love like because it then it eliminates the dreaded word in my new vocabulary these days. It's the pivot. Yeah. It's it's more of a. It feels like it's more of an evolution. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, there's very few revolutions. They're all evolutions, I think. But, you know, I think, uh, I mean, I, I get the buzzwords, the pivot and, and so on. I think I get sick of them too. They're, they're, they're a lot, but I really just need to know who you serve. And if you don't know who you serve and you as a leader are never in front of them, that's the other thing. Right. Like as leaders, we often get far removed from the people we serve. And it's our job to touch base with them. And we use a lot of surveys in our business uh, and uh, net promoter score surveys and so on, just to understand not what we think of ourselves, but what our clients actually think about us. The other thing I find in business is you can get really in kind of um, internal. You can start talking about your strategic initiatives that really are only benefiting yourself. Right, they're benefiting process evolution or, or uh, you know, people strategy, and that's all good, and those things need to be done. But what is your external view uh, of the business, and what are you doing to understand that external view? What do your clients actually think of you? What do they think about A, and what do they think of you, B? Like, and then you need to be close to clients to do that. You need to have those relationships. Um. I love that talking about don't get too far away from your clients. I think, you know, in this world of we talk about self-managed companies and, and things like that. And I think uh, but keeping that your finger on the pulse, if you will, is still a very, very important. Yeah. Whenever I, we have a, you know, and I, uh, I say this tongue in cheek problem client, I go, oh, there's an opportunity. I'm going to go take that client out to dinner um, and I'm going to understand what in their world uh, is causing them to react away. And I've, I've made great friends that way. Right. I've made really built great relationships that way and not being afraid of the feedback because the feedback serves you. Yeah. Um, and so not being afraid of that. And, and I even asked for it. Give me the feedback because otherwise we're not going to be able to serve you better. So please give us, give me the feedback on our work, our team, whatever. And, and asking takes the pressure off, making them feel like it's not welcome, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Help and us to be better. <laughs> it goes back and serves your curiosity right. uh, metric, if you will. Hmm. Sometimes you wince because you might hear something like, oh, I wish that wasn't that way. But once you know, you can do something about it. Amazing. So 35 years. It's been a pretty smooth economic conditions that entire time, I'm assuming, right, Donna? <laughs> Uh, I feel like if we look at the last even three to four years, the upcoming year, I mean, we had a pandemic, you know, we've had, uh, a, you know, there was a recession at the start of the pandemic. Before that, we've been on quite a run uh, from an economic perspective, so that people have forgotten what it's like to be in a recession or slow down. And now we're projecting that we might have another recession. How do you anticipate do you do anything differently in your business when you anticipate a rougher seas ahead? Yeah, and, and you know, all the indicators right now uh, look like by mid next year, we may be in that situation. So we've already started. We have a risk registry in our business. So each aspect of the business, we're kind of identifying what the risks are okay. uh, that we need to keep our eye on. And economic uh, outlook is one of them. And so, you know, we are looking at budget scenarios. And we have more budget scenarios in an economic uh, downturn. Um, we have the budget that we're looking at, but if this happens, this would be uh, where we would go to this budget. So we have a few of those budget scenarios, 
we look at our cost base and say, okay, what costs can we easily eliminate without uh, affecting people, uh, people's lives or the quality of work? Um, so we would look at, you know, where's the fat? So that if we need to cut, we know exactly where to go. And, you know, if there's any contractual obligations, what they are. Um, so we do that as well. Um, we think about our hiring processes because I certainly don't want to be involved in offering someone a job that six months from now, you mm. know, may, you know, have to have a, a, an impact on them. Uh, people's lives matter. So what can we do? Um, what do we do about our hiring policies? And where do we see that we might be able to just wait and see? Um, so we look at, at it from that. So our, our cost structure, our hiring people, um, we look at uh, our, our projections, like our budget scenarios uh, from a revenue and cost perspective, um, those kinds of things. But we really keep track of that risk registry to make sure that, you know, we're, we've got our eye on what, at those risks and what, what the potential impact can be. Hmm. I actually love that risk registry and now I want one. So... <laughs> Um, I've also Something wondered, I picked up from a board. Go do board work. It's so awesome because you really do learn a lot. From what other people do, I find that yeah. is the uh, most inspiring. And I think from my perspective, sometimes we get um, very siloed in our industries mm -hmm. and don't necessarily, I think looking afield sometimes, we can see other best practices and go, that's not perfect, but there's some things I can take from that. My volunteer positions on boards and committees and so on, actually, I brought so much back to my business because what you realize is every business is suffering from the same things at the same time, and they have more creative ways of uh, maybe looking at it. And I also make it a point to share. So that reciprocity again. So, you know, right now we're, you know, every, there's a labor shortage everywhere, and I belong to a group of entrepreneurs that I share kind of what are what we're doing yes and, and so it's it's really um it's really helpful to get outside of your walls and yes. I think when things get really tight or when there's pressure or when you're really busy uh you know you tend to burrow in yeah. uh, internally and it's really important to get out fantastic would over the years how you do business development has that changed uh a little bit but not hugely, a little bit because now we have a reputation. So, you know, we took taken years to build that. So we we get to ripped off that a little bit. You know, we've had clients that have changed jobs three, four, five times and have keep coming back to us. Um, and so we um were we're fortunate that way. Um it does change a bit, but you know, we all get the emails and we all get the LinkedIn messages from someone trying to get business from us. And I don't like them. I'm still, uh, hey, want to have a cup of coffee, want to have a Skype call, want to yeah. get to know each other. A connection. Uh, yeah. And uh, here's what we might be able to do for you, but let me know, kind of tell me about your business. So I still think it's, human relations it's like I really just think that we just are wired to connect with each other and we really want to do business all things being equal you know we want to do business with people we really enjoy and like like to yeah no like and trust yeah uh question so when we get to your business and your the technical expertise of your business how would you characterize that 
Um, and how would you take some lessons from that and say, hey, here's a couple things you should be doing in this regard if you're running your own business? So what do you mean by technical expertise? So you've got your strategies, your digital media pieces. Uh, you have a lot of service offerings. Where do you guys play? Like, what is it that you do? Uh, our vision is really to create success for our clients, our colleagues, and our community. Okay. And so really what we try to do is simplify the complex for our clients, much like you try to do, I think, in yeah. your business. And uh, so our clients are wanting to know, how can I go to market with uh, a product or service? Um, and we will quickly break it down. And we have a tech stack and we have all kinds of technology and they sometimes want to know about our tools, but really they want to know that we know. And so, um, you know, the technical expertise is, is table stakes. I think, again, I think really what they want to know is, can you solve complex problems and can you help me to solve this complex problem in my company always relates back to revenue and sales. Yeah. Um, but often it, it will be about, oh, wow, uh, we can go out and help them find um, segments of opportunity in their audience base that they didn't know about just by analyzing data. Um, oh. So do you know what I mean? So clients think that they know their, and they do know their consumers very well, but sometimes there's hidden opportunities and our job is to bring those to light. How do I know I need Tom's time, space, media? You're probably um, probably overwhelmed and confused on the number of options of, you know, what, what should my strategy be? What should my tactical plan look like? How do I execute that when I don't have staff or I don't have internal resources? How do I understand uh, what the, the data is telling me to inform my strategy going forward? If you are struggling in any of those areas, then we can help in those areas. That's amazing. When you think back, Donna, of our interview, is there anything I haven't asked you that you think would be of great assistance to an entrepreneur listening to the show right now? Well, I, I think one of the best things I did uh, was uh, join a, a, a group called Entrepreneurs Organization, but it could be YPO or any of those. Uh, it could be accelerators if, you, if you're uh, EO accelerators, if, you're, if your um, revenue is under 250000 a year. And I have gained so much from this group of entrepreneurs uh, who share, globally share amazing resources, amazing experiences, amazing uh, shared um, uh, expertise. Um, and it's been really helpful now, right down to it's a global organization. And I have a forum of six or seven people that really, if I have a business problem, I can go to them and I, they are instantly my board of directors. And right. so find those groups because uh, entrepreneurship is, can be a lonely road. And it's really important to have uh, folks with you, like-minded folks to, to help you go that road. And it's really fun to be, if you're an entrepreneur, to be in a room full of entrepreneurs, because you realize that they kind of share the same uh, brain, like they kind of share the same uh, focus or drive. And uh, it can it can be a lot of fun and it can be a really uh, meaningful kind of uh, relationship building. Uh, it's amazing. It's just amazing. I can't say enough about it. It feels like uh, you're Sometimes as an entrepreneur and in in, out in the big world, we can sometimes feel like an alien. 
And if we can find these organizations, we've found a home where there's other aliens just like us who understand our, our world. It's so true, Wendy. It's so true. And and just to to know that, to feel that at home, mm. um, it really it, it is an incredible feeling. So yeah, I would I would suggest to do that and also get out of your office, go join, go volunteer, go, go mm. do those things. I know you do that. Uh, many entrepreneurs I know do that, even though we're busy. Um, it, it does help us to get additional perspective. How can people get in touch with you, Donna, if they wanted to continue this conversation? They can find me at dalteen at timespacemedia.com. They can find me on LinkedIn under Donna Alteen uh, and all of the other social uh, rabbit holes. Uh, they can find me. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, or they can just give me a call. Uh, at 902-830-6593. Uh, amazing. Donna, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's super hard to distill this down because uh, the nuggets of pure gold that you gave us today were amazing. But I think the real bottom line here is be curious and listen. Wow, there was just so much learning in this episode. Do you want more? I have a special offer for the right entrepreneur a complimentary one-on-one -on -one coaching session that is all about you, your business, and your goals so that you can accelerate your business and start to accelerate the growth of your network. Head over to wealthcoachwithwendy.com. There you will find a letter that kind of outlines all the details of this offer and also an application form. We have an application form because there's such a limited number of, of slots that we're opening up for this that we want to make sure that the people that um, uh, do are successful in getting the slot, we can make the biggest difference with. So head over to wealthcoachingwithwendy.com and apply today. Thanks. <laughs>